Welcome to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage. Hello, everyone. We are so happy to have you all here. We are close to what we consider and celebrate one of the most important celebrations in our American history, in our American life, 4th of July. It's a very important uh, event in our lives, and I believe we, the ones that receive the freedom, and we know the history of 4th of July and the history of United States of America, we have the responsibility to share with others who, what 4th of July is all about. Today, I, we have a very special guest, Michael uh, McAfee, who is not an amazing, uh, courageous leader, but who put me on fire thinking that he is not going to talk uh, about 4th of July, but he also going to talk about how the Bible influence the history of United States. And as a person young like Michael, I am so in fire and so hopeful for our next generation and for America in general. I met Michael um, maybe two years ago or less than two years ago when I spoke at uh, Hobby Lobby in uh, Oklahoma City and I got in love with the entire family and I'm so honored and privileged, uh, Michael, that you are here and I will give you the floor. I I am just in fire to hear from you. You are such an amazing young man, not only a courageous leader, but a person who thinks in advance, who wants to do the best for this country and for young people. So please tell us what you have in mind. Well, I'd love to. Thank you, Virginia. It's an honor to to be on the program again and and. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for you. We, we are, um, share a common passion in scripture and in, in the word of God in Christ. And, and I am passionate to see, uh, uh, us as the church of Jesus Christ to recognize the impact the Bible has had on the past, uh, and to look to how we can be a part of of using the word of God, of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit uh, to see uh, Jesus have an impact on our present and our future. And so um, as you look at the uh, 4th of July, uh, you you know, and thinking about a 4th of July service, which we're going to have it at Council Road, my, my home church, um, that it, it can kind of bring up different images in your head of, of, of maybe you were at a church that had a giant flag or, or maybe you were at a church where there was kind of the, the different um, branches of the military that are all kind of standing up and being celebrated for our veterans, which um, I love. I, I love our country and, and I'm so grateful to be um, blessed to be uh, to have lived my whole life in in America. And I'm so grateful for our armed forces. I have family members, as I know, basically everyone does, um, that have served uh, so bravely and uh, put them themselves in harm's way uh, to give me freedoms that I I take for granted every day. But actually, what what we want to do is a little bit different than what um, 
kind of the traditional uh, uh, kind of God and country um, services. And that's we want to put the spotlight not on um, America, but really on the word of God and to look at the scripture and say, how has this book impacted America? How has it had a transformational uh, effect on the founding generation? And then how does what does that look like for us today to have a similar type of impact? So that's the hope for what we're going to do through through singing, through prayers, and through um, teaching from the Word of God. And then, and then Steve is going to have a time where he's going to just kind of walk through uh, some of the museum of the Bible and, and some of that portion of the museum of the Bible. That's the Bible's impact in America. And hopefully people will walk away inspired to go read the Bible for themselves. Well, I think you you got the the best of it, and I believe what you bring that is something really special, and I hope people will watch because they will have the opportunity to uh, live stream your service and everything that you prepare. And what you are bringing is not the fact that you are the president and the co-founder of Inspire, which is a nonprofit organization, but you are the worship. Um, pastor leader at the, your church, Council uh, Road to Baptist Church in Oklahoma. You are you are studying as a student at Ethics and Political uh, Policy, PhD student at Southwest, Southwestern Theological Seminary. You are also an author with your your wife Lauren uh, in the, of, of, of the book, um, not what you think. You also experience a lot of ups and downs in your life. You have, you adopted a child from, from China and shortly after you adopted and you're so joyful for that, you discovered that she has cancer. So you all as, as a family, as an extended family, and we all on Facebook will involve and pray with that. You are in the process of adopting a son. So um, you you have so much to bring together because you are right about. Uh, and I love what you are doing. And I love the, the to honor the military. I Two of my sons, my son and my son-in-law, I call him son too. It's the, just the English language that you say son-in-law, but it's my son. They are in the military and we love them and we want to honor them. But it's true, Michael. The Bible made America great. The Bible and us following Christ created a, a land of prosperity. And we have to come back to that. So what do you have in mind when you, when you think about putting Bible back into the life of America in your presentation uh, so, for July? Absolutely. So I, I think that there are uh, kind of two mistakes, two extremes that people can fall into when they think about um, the role that the Bible should have. And so um, on the one hand, um, and, and it's largely based on how they view the founding generation. And so on the one hand, um, there are people who would say, well, you look at uh, Thomas Jefferson, who's a secularist, or, or Ben Franklin, you know, or deist at best, sort of. Uh, you look at these these founders that are really uh, pivotal and primary in shaping the American nation and, and the conscience and and the laws and all these things. And and they were not evangelical Christians. And so what we are to take from that is that it is really, you know, the the 
Christianity had really almost nothing to do with the founding era and and what would become of 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 the uh, ultimately the government that we know today. Um, well, well, that's crazy, but it's also crazy on the other end. There would be people to say the founding fathers were all evangelical Christians, and they, you know, it was a this is a, a theocracy of sorts. Like this is a a nation built exclusively on the Bible. Well, no, of course not. The, the Bible. What I would say is the Bible was one of many voices, um, and that it's easy to make the argument that the Bible had the strongest voice. Um, but you do have. Uh, Thomas Paine and, and, and Greco-Roman thought and, and other kind of influences coming together. Uh, I would just say as a Christian that holds to the inerrancy and infallibility of God's word that is perfect, that is our ultimate authority and it's sufficient. Anything good that they got out of any of those other writings, I think you could trace back to the Bible, um, even if they didn't trace it back to the Bible. And so um, I, I think we need to uh, I think that's kind of the starting point is what are we what are we striving for? It's not that the Bible would be the only voice in the public square, but today especially, I think people recognize we just need the Bible to be a voice. Like just give the Bible a seat at the table. It is true. If it has a voice, a seat at the table, as when it comes to us making public thought, public decisions uh, for the good of the commonwealth, we will find time and again the Bible is good for all people. And so uh, there was a lot of good that came about in the founding uh, of America. There was a lot of desire for religious freedom and and things like that that kind of arose out of a a conviction to um, let the Bible have a seat at the table. But there were other things that were horrible, right? Like like the way that African-American slavery at the time was still uh, carried out, even by uh, thoughtful Christians who who just had this massive blind spot and we go, how in the world could they miss that? And so by the same token, I think it's important for Christians to uh, not uh, shy away from the lament that we should have. And, and we've seen a lot of these racial tensions over the past um, year or so, especially. And so to really be honest about ways that Christians have failed in the past and repent and lament those, I think, is in line with what we see the prophets doing in the Old Testament, where they identify with the sins of Israel, not just their own personal sins and trying to say, I didn't do these things, but to say, Lord, I am a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst a people of unclean lips, you know. And so um, so I, I, I think that that's a, a starting point of what I'd want is to show people we want the Bible to have a seat at the table and we need to be honest about ways the Bible has um, been misused by people throughout histories and and check ourselves that we don't misuse it as well. I believe that you are so right. Also, the Bible is the only one who unites us and not divides us. We are different. We all make mistakes. We ask forgiveness from, from God. And God is the one who promised that wherever the locusts took from us, he will repay. He will reward us for our faithfulness to him. And also, we have to remember that wherever we do bad to someone, if it's a Christian or non-Christian, the Bible says that we violated, we did it against God because that person is a God creation. 
So whatever side you are, you have to understand that only the Bible unites us and put us together. And also the Bible rewards us for letting the revenge to belong to the Lord. Don't revenge, don't uh, take on your own hands and, yeah. and do it. Don't, like you said, don't say, I wasn't at that time here or I wasn't born, I didn't do it. Make a way according to the Bible. And also, Michael, you said something so important that I want to emphasize is that if you know the Bible, you know who you are and you know that you are capable of making mistakes, which everybody is, there is no person without, and you also are capable to approach a God who will take that pain away. Because to just ignore that there is a pain that someone did something wrong to you, it's not. But the pain helps you instead of taking your revenge to a person to go the other way and run to God and say, God, Help me to take this pain away. You do the right in this situation. No, that's exactly right. And that's, um, you know, one of the things I love with Inspire is is in in taking trips and taking people to uh, Washington, D.C. and Museum of the Bible. um, We are able then to kind of leverage uh, exactly what we're doing actually in this worship service at Council Road on the 4th of July, which is, uh, the general interest in American history, wherever it, it, you're coming from in terms of your interest and your um, uh, kind of thought persuasions, whether you're, you know, Democrat, Republican, third party, whether you're whatever it may be that you are um, leveraging the history of America really to get people into the word of God and to help people understand the gospel. And so uh, the 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 Bible had a a prominent role in the founding generation. And even those founders who would be admittedly not Christians respected the Bible. It was a common vernacular. Sometimes it was just because it was the common language of the day. Um, But even Ben Franklin in a letter uh, back to, um, there was a pastor that he was uh, receiving or transcribing or receiving some of his sermons. And Ben Franklin, again, not a, not a Christian uh, is, writes to him about his time in Europe saying, I had to add in all of the scripture references because uh, Europeans don't know their Bibles as well as Americans do. And I wanted them to see what <laughs> where you were finding this in the Bible. And so um, as you read through different uh, um, founders, if you are familiar, especially with the King James translation, which was the majority Bible read in that day, you'll see time and time and again that this this vernacular being used in the scripture and uh, ultimately it being a moral authority, something to appeal to. And and the founders believe very much that this kind of common uh, moral standard, the common moral philosophy, um, you had kind of three factors going on. And that was that, that moral philosophy, republicanism, the idea of being a free nation ruled by the people, and then uh, the Christian faith that kind of gave rise to this nation. Those are the three kind of dominant themes um and 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 common sense reasoning um i guess is is also in there with with moral philosophy but anyway so all that to say all of these aspects coming together to create this nation that um has a many flaws there is no perfect nation one day this nation will be over 
right? This nation does not built to last forever. But if you are in Christ, you are a part of a kingdom that will last forever. And the only way to become a part of, of that kingdom is, is through the blood, through the death and resurrection of Christ and believing in that more than you believe in your American identity, which I believe we we should be proudly American, but um, but all the more our Christian identity, uh, which will last forever. That is so, so right. You are so correct. You know, Christ set us free. He set us free. If we live in a country that uh, it's a free democratic country, we love that. If we free, uh, if we live in a dictatorship kind of, we should live free because Christ lived free. But it is so true also what you mentioned, and I just want to emphasize this, that there is no freedom in America without Christ. No freedom. The real freedom you have in Christ. You can look for the government, federal and state government. You can look for your boss to give you a freedom and everything. They are humans. They cannot provide for you. The real freedom is in Christ, like you said. And I wanted to thank you so very much. I cannot wait to to see uh, your service sermon at the Council Road Baptist Church. Um, I I hope people will uh, will stream on. We're gonna put the link to that. Um, I want to uh, thank you so very much for coming here, for everything that you are doing, and we will invite you again, Michael. We appreciate that. I would love that. Thank you, Virginia. If you want to know more about Virginia Prodan, her coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiaprodanbooks.com.